Hello and welcome to Day 3 Live, the live broadcast of Sunday morning service at Day 3 Church in Granite Falls, North Carolina. You can learn more about our ministry at day3church.org or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash d3church. This life can put a lot of demands on us to perform and succeed in business, education, athletics, and even at home. Have you ever wondered, though, what God's definition of success is? What does He want from you? The answer to these questions could be slightly different for each one of us, but there are some foundational elements that are the same for everyone. In our new series, Becoming God's Best for You, we'll explore what it is that God really wants for us individually and how you can become the best version of you as God desires. We believe He wants to speak to you today, so sit back and join us for the next few minutes. It's Day 3 Live, and it starts right now. Good morning. It's nice to be down here with all of you old people and uh, normally upstairs with the kiddos and, and love being up there uh, sharing with them, teaching them their next steps with the Lord and uh, helping guiding them uh, to walk closer with God. Amen. So I'm so glad to be here this week with you. Uh, full disclosure, uh, some of you may have witnessed this earlier when you walked in. Uh, John was messing with this thing here. Okay, and he was touching my earlobe. Okay, and so he is. I told him, I said, You're only one of two people who can touch my earlobe, the other one being my wife, of course. So, just want to make sure that you know <laughs> he was adjusting his thing. And I asked Pastor Lynn because I think maybe the last time I spoke, I had Pastor the Mocket right here on the shirt. I don't want to embarrass my mom. So I asked him, I said, what if this thing ends up in my nose? That is really embarrassing, right? So I'm praying that that doesn't happen as well. So I'm happy to be here with you today. Happy to be downstairs with you. Now, if I look like I am dragging, please know I'm not suffering through a hangover. I did not, I've not, I did not get wasted or anything last night or anything. Sandra and I had five of our grandkids for three nights and four days, five kids, nine and under. Yes, bless my heart. (laughs) But we rejoice in the memories. But physically, we hit a wall. (laughs) So, it's good to be here. I can't. <laughs> There's some things I tend to ignore. Uh, today we are continuing a series within a series. You know, for weeks we've been talking about God's best for you. And today is the second installment of God's best for you in helping you learn, equip you. In sharing your faith. Okay? And that's what I'm going to do today. Pastor Lynn shared with, with you last week the Romans Road of Salvation. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. That is the way as I was growing and maturing in my faith. That is the uh, method, the plan of salvation that I learned, that I memorized in sharing with others. What I'm sharing with you today is... So, so simple. I use this 
plan of salvation. Okay? It is a tool. Please hear that. It is a tool. When I share with children about what it means to be a Christian. Right? In its simplest form, ABC, when you say ABC, that's pretty simple, right? You think, how hard could this be? And that's, that, is the true, that is true of salvation. Now, that being said, the ABCs of salvation, listen, is not the gospel. It is not the good news. I'm going to share that in just a moment before I get into the ABCs of salvation. But first, I'm going to talk about a guy that in kids' ministry we have been studying for weeks and weeks, and that is the Apostle Paul. Last week we studied Acts 24 through 26, three whole chapters. In those chapters, if you are familiar with those chapters in God's Word, Acts 24 through 26, Paul is arrested. And the, the Jewish leaders in that time had plans to kill him. Okay? So he's arrested, and he appears before some rulers. First was the, the governor, Felix. Felix was in power for two years, and the Bible says for two years, Felix would go and visit Paul and learn and understand about this Jesus. Felix leaves power, leaves Paul in prison. The next governor that replaces Felix is Festus, not the one on gun smoke, okay? Festus. And... The Bible says that Paul tells Festus why he's doing what he's doing, who he believes in. So we move forward. Paul is still in prison. Another guy wants to hear and see about this guy by the name of Paul. This person's name is King Agrippa. Agrippa. And King Agrippa brings his wife... Bernice into the prison and talks to Paul. And Paul shares with them about Jesus. Now, I want to, I want to use these verses here from Acts 26 to kind of use as a springboard to help you and I to remind us why we should be about sharing our faith. Paul lays it out very clearly. In Acts 26. So look at these verses here. So he's, let me give you a little bit of backstory real quick. He has told him about his uh, meeting Jesus on the road to Damascus. Okay? And if you, if you recall, the Bible says, Jesus calls out to Paul and says, Saul, that's before his name was changed to Paul. Was, at that time, Saul, he says, Saul, Saul. And, Paul, and Saul responds this way. Then I ask, who are you, Lord? I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, the Lord replied. Now get up. Stand on your feet. I have appeared to you. Why? Why have I appeared to you? Here's the answer. 
to appoint you as a servant and as a witness of what you have seen of me and what I will show you. I will rescue you from your own people and from the Gentiles. I'm sending you to them. Verse 18. Why? Why am I sending you to them? Here's the answer. To open their eyes and turn them from the darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God. Why? So that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. That is why Jesus Why God changed Saul, Paul's life. That's why I'm sending you to them to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light. Could it be, could it be that God changed your life and changed my life more than just so that we can punch our ticket to heaven? Yes. If it was true about the conversion of Saul to Paul and the purpose of that conversion is to, verse 18, to open their eyes and turn them from the darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God so that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. That is my job. That is your job as a Christian. If it's true of Paul, it's true of you. If you are a believer, it's true of Daryl. Now, you may be sitting there and thinking, that's the preacher's job to tell others about Jesus. Yes and no. Yes and no. Why, oh why, would we be selfish and withholding the greatest thing that could ever happen to a person, withholding that from another person, which is our salvation. Every one of you and who are married that are in the room, I am confident that when you became engaged, you shared that good news. All of you in the room who are parents, when you learned, I'm going to be a dad, I'm going to be a mom, you shared that, right? Those of you who were in the room, when you uh, maybe got a raise at work or promotion at work, I could go on and on and on with different examples. When we go through, when we experience all those times of good news, we shout it from the mountaintops. But we tend to be quiet and not share about the greatest event that could happen to anyone, and that is salvation. Like I said a moment ago, if this was true of Paul, it's true of you and I. Those statements are true for us. So I'm going to share with you today about the ABCs of salvation. Our goal, Pastor Lynn's goal, my goal, and Pastor John's goal, after we're finished with these weeks, of sharing these tools, again, tools with you, our goal is to equip you. Equip you. Two, two of the greatest blessings of my life 
came when my children come to me and said, Daddy, I want to become a Christian. Brian, I was able to tell him. Why was I able to tell him? Because I knew. Mom and Dad, I love telling your kiddos about Jesus. But I encourage you to learn. Don't cheat yourself out of that lesson. Learn to share what it means to be a believer. Before I get into the ABCs, I am going to share with you the gospel. The good news. If you're in this room and you're not a Christian, I really would desire for you to really press down, press in, and tune in right now. Because you need to hear what I'm getting ready to share. We don't stream the early service, we stream the second service. So I'm going to share at the second service. If you're streaming, you're watching online, I want you to really pay close attention to what I'm getting ready to say about the gospel, about the good news. Here's why it's important that we, we start with that. For you to know what to respond to, for when you share with others about Jesus, for them to know what they are responding to, it has to be clear that they understand what they are responding to. Does that make sense? So we're going to start with that. We'll start with the gospel. It's really simple. First thing is this. God rules. God rules. There we go. Genesis 1.1. Uh, I'm not going to share these verses. Uh, you can choose to write these verses down. Look them up yourself. Uh, or re-watch this when it's posted online on Facebook or on the church website. And then look these up. But the first thing about the gospel is that God rules. Hey, newsflash. You don't rule. You're not in control. You may think you are. Satan has told you a lie. You're not in control. God's in control. Can somebody help me with Genesis 1-1? In the beginning. Who? <laughs> right, right from the outset. It tells us who's in the beginning, right, Jake? It tells us who's in control. He who started this whole thing, he who created us, is in control. So God's in control. He rules. Next, we sinned. We sinned. We all choose. Get this. We all choose to obey God, disobey God. It's a choice. Well, God wired me that way. That is a lie from hell. If the Bible calls something sin, it's sin. In our day and time, our culture, our society is whitewashed and said, if it's okay, if it makes you feel good, if it, makes you, if it is your truth, you're good to go. Well, that's contrary to God's word. I'm sorry. Everyone sins. We're all sinners. Now, I knew this before my grandkids arrived. Wednesday, because I know their parents. All of my grandkids are sinners. I knew that. But it was confirmed in these last days. 
right? Now, some of you think that your children are angels. That's another lie from hell. <laughs> you do not have to be taught how to sin. It's in our nature. We choose to do it. I told Adam when he picked up the kids yesterday, you need to wash those kids' mouth out with soap. He said, why? I said, that word that you just said, that's why. That's their favorite word, Jake. Why? <laughs> okay? We're all sinners. We're all sinners. We choose to disobey. And here's the deal about sin. Hey, newsflash, it separates us from God. An unholy people from a holy God. It creates a wall. That's what sin does. There's a barrier there. Sin does that. We cannot have a with fellowship. We cannot have fellowship with God. We cannot have a relationship with God if we have not dealt with the sin issue, the sin problem in our life. And that sin issue, our sin problem, deserves punishment. Deserves punishment. Now, when our kids disobey, they deserve punishment. Nod your head. Yes, they deserve punishment. We don't, it's okay. Try better next time. No, don't work that way. Okay? The consequences of sin are very profound. The consequences of sin have destroyed many a family. Amen? It has. The consequences of sin are great. But good news God provided. Can I get an amen? Thank God for that. God provided. What did God provide? He provided a solution to our sin problem, our sin nature. He provided. He sent His Son, the perfect sinless solution to our sin problem, to rescue us. What did he, God rescue us from? The punishment of our sin problem. Hey, that we deserve. We deserve that punishment. But God provided the rescue for that. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he... Oh, wow. Gave. He provided. He provided. And then next, Jesus gives. Jesus gives. Jesus gave his life, right? He was not forced. He gave his life willingly. Remember what he prayed in the garden? Not my will, but your will be done. He was obedient to the Father. He gave his life willingly. He died on that cross for our sins, and he rose again, conquering death, hell, and the grave on our behalf. He gave up his life for us so that we can be welcomed into God's family. Hey, listen, there is no other way. There is no other way. You can't be good enough. It's impossible. You can't earn your way to heaven. Impossible. This is the best gift ever. Jesus gave his life. And then next, we respond. We respond to Jesus. And after hearing the gospel, which I just shared with you, 
a, a response is demanded. Well, Daryl, what's the response? Thank you for asking that question. You're either going to reject what I just shared, the gospel, or going to accept what I just shared. It's one of, two, one of the two things there. And when we are prompted by the Holy Spirit to receive the gift of Christ, his payment, his rescue for our sin problem, that is what we lead into the ABCs of salvation. So I hope you've stayed with me so far. So here's the A. Admit you have sinned. Pastor Lynn used this verse last week. For all, that includes everyone, right? For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. James 2.10 says, For whoever shall keep the whole law and yet stumble in one point, he is guilty of how many? Of all. Romans 3.10, as it is written, none is righteous, no, not one. Have you, ever, have you noticed that in this day and time, it's hard to find somebody who will admit that they're wrong? Nobody wants to accept responsibility, do they, Wayne? Nope. Ain't my fault. Hmm. Check out this clip from a TV show from years ago that will help illustrate this point. Don't forget that Fon's real. I mean, it's not important. <laughs> I figured I'd hang in the barracks and cheer up the guys. Mal, you're not going to hang these up at any barracks because you're not going to join the Marines. Just take all this stuff home, okay? But Fonzie, not join? I'm all packed. You told me it was the right thing to do. Look, I know what I told you to do, but when I told you to do that, I was... <laughs> <laughs> Ralph... I was, I was not exactly right. What do you mean, not right? I mean, not right. I don't get you. You mean you were wrong? Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's right, Malfa. I was what you just said I was just then, yeah. Wrong? The Fonz wrong? Malf, look. <laughs> there is a first time for everything, huh? I don't understand Fonz. How could you be wrong about a thing like that? Look, I don't understand it myself, Ralph. I don't understand it myself. I was under a lot of pressure. I was under a lot of cause, too. Two of them wretzels. Maybe the pressure was getting to me. I don't know. No, Fonzie. You might have been under a lot of cars, but you weren't wrong. You were right. Everything you said about me was true. I'm useless around here. I got a joint. Everybody hates me. I'll see you. Mouth. I didn't tell you why I was, uh... Wrong? <laughs> I didn't tell you why you shouldn't join the Marines. Why shouldn't I go, Fonz? I mean, tell me. Because if you join the Marines, I'm going to miss you. You miss me? But Fonz, you're always telling me to get lost and to sit on it. You even told me I was useless. Ralphie, don't you know when I'm joshing? Don't forget that, Fonz. Don't you dare, don't you dare elbow the person beside you and say, hey, that's a you. Okay? <laughs> now, some of you are in the room have no idea about that TV show. Okay, the name of that TV show is Happy Days. Years ago. Right? 
And so Fonzie had a, that's that guy in the leather jacket, right? Fonzie could not say the word wrong. By doing so, he was admitting he had messed up, that he was wrong. Like I said earlier, many in our world today struggle admitting they have sinned, that they're wrong, they've made mistakes. But the Bible tells us that we have to do that, that admit, admit to God that we are a sinner, admit to Him that we have fell short. That's the truth. We're all sinners. It can never be good enough to earn our way to heaven. Now, some people will gauge themselves up against others. Well, I might be sinful, and I might be bad, and I might do this, but I'm not as bad as that guy or her. I don't do all those things. Remember what I said earlier about if you're guilty of one, you're guilty of all. And that is true. Here's the deal. God is holy and just. We, people, we are not holy. We are not just. Sins against the holy God deserve punishment. And we are told in the Bible that the wages of sin or payment for sin is death. Eternal death in hell, which is an eternal separation from God. However, a loving, merciful God has provided a rescue plan. Don't know if you know this or not, or you realize this or not, but John the Baptist and Jesus both begin their ministry with the same word. Repent. Repent. You do not hear that word outside of church walls, do you? <laughs> you don't hear it. Well, what does that mean, Daryl? In its simplest form, repent means to change direction. Change direction. So, if being a believer, living for God, following Jesus is over here, but I'm over here and I'm walking away from Him, from that, from that life, and I repent, I turn my feet and walk toward Him, accept His payment. For my sin debt, become a cross follower, living for him. I have to point my feet on purpose to get there. It's not an accident. So if you admit you are a sinner, you repent and head that way. It doesn't happen by accident. Just like I can't get over there by accident. It is an admission. If I want to go there, i got to go that way. See how simple this is? I told you the ABCs are simple. That leads us to B. Believe on Jesus Christ. Here's John 3.16 again. Three more quick verses. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Why? That whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Acts 16.31 And they said, believe in the Lord Jesus and you maybe will be saved. No, you will be saved, you and your household. 
Mark 1.15, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. I said a moment ago, salvation is not complicated at all. It's not. We make it complicated. It is not complicated at all. Jesus said in Mark 10.15, check this verse out. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. What does that mean? A child is trusting. A child has faith. They trust. A child simply puts their faith and trust in the arms of their parents or grandparents. Same way. Likewise, we can entrust our life to Jesus by believing on him and his finished work on the cross. The Apostle Paul defined the message of the gospel like this in 1 Corinthians 15, verses 3 and 4. For I have delivered to you as of first importance. What? What I also received. That Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures. That he was buried. That he was raised on the third day. In accordance with the scriptures. Christ, the perfect, sinless son of God, laid down his life and took the penalty of, that was meant for you and I. Remind you, you and I deserve that penalty, dying in our place. He paid the debt that we could not pay. That we could not pay. We could not pay that debt. And he redeemed us and brought us back from the power of sin and death. Check out these verses from Romans 10. I know the pastor used these verses last week, and they are worthwhile to share again. If you confess, that brings us to C, by the way. We're now at C. Some people uh, uh, say confess. I prefer to say choose. You choose Christ, okay? Like I said earlier, you either reject or you accept. If you accept, you're choosing. If you reject, you're also choosing. So in the ABCs of salvation, if you confess, you choose Christ. Romans 10, 9, and 10 say this. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Romans 1, 16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel. Still Paul is talking here. For it is the power of God, the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Hey, Guess what? God did his part. That's what this verse says. God did his part. You don't have to do anything. You cannot do anything. I cannot do anything. When you are sharing with someone about salvation, they cannot do anything. The choice is there. They had to admit, believe, and choose. Choose to accept Christ. Or they choose not to. Choose not to. We must confess our sins and confess or proclaim our faith in the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, God's Son. I said earlier that in kids' ministry we, last week in Acts 24 through 26, uh, dealt with the stories of Felix, Festus, King Agrippa, and Bernice, his wife. And after G, uh, Paul shared with them the, the, the gospel. 
shared with him about his salvation, how God rocked his world and changed his life, and why he was doing what he was now doing and telling others. Planting churches, impacting people's lives. He told them all of that. Festus, Agrippa, and Bernice. One of the saddest verses, saddest verses in the entire Bible is Acts 26, verse 28. Look at it. Then Agrippa said to Paul, You almost persuaded me to become a Christian. Hmm. And Paul said, I would to God that I, not only you, but also all who hear me today might become both almost and altogether such as I am, except for these chains. How sad. You almost persuaded me. I share that verse for this reason. You may share, uh, share Jesus with other people. You may witness to them. And this may be what happens. I'm almost persuaded. Way back when I was serving a church in Thomasville, way back in the mid-90s, I had a good friend in the church. His name was Keith. And... Uh, he had a son the same age as Adam. And uh, Keith's daddy's name was Jack. Jack Justice. Jack was not a believer. Did not know Jesus and he would never come to church of course. And was not embarrassed or ashamed to tell you that he did not believe in Jesus. Jack developed cancer. And... Uh, of course, was sick for a period of time. And it got to the point that he was told that you have days to live. So he was, uh, Davidson County did not have a hospice at the time. So Jack was not placed in hospice care. He was taken to the hospital. And so Keith calls me at church. He says, Daryl, would you go share with Daddy one more time? Would you go tell him about Jesus one more time? I said, sure. So I go to the hospital, Thomasville Memorial Hospital. I go right to Jack's room. Jack is conscious. Jack is aware of what's going on. And I share with him the plan of salvation. I share with him, I think, Romans wrote, I shared with him the gospel, how Jesus came and died for him and how he could have a relationship. Even though he had days to live, God still desired a relationship with him. And after I shared all that, I said, Jack, would you like to trust Christ as your Savior? I have never forgot these words. He looked at me and said, Daryl, I'm just not ready 
I was heartbroken. I was heartbroken that he did not trust Christ with the full knowledge. With the full knowledge, I have days to live. It broke my heart. I was saddened. I was crushed. So I get back to my car. I called Keith. I said, Keith, I'm so sorry. I shared the gospel. And your daddy said, I'm not ready. I tell you that story. And to tell you the story about Agrippa. There will be people who will say, I'm not ready. But that doesn't mean we don't tell the story. We have to tell the story. Did you hear me? We have to tell the story. The eternal destination of someone could be up to you. Darrell, that's a lot of weight for me to bear. (laughs) You talk to God about that. Don't talk to me. Again, he saved you maybe for more than just a ticket to heaven. It's so that you can impact the lives of other people. To share with them about the greatest thing that's ever happened to you. Which is your salvation. If you're a Christian. Do not. I am reminding myself. And I'm reminding you. God help us if we become selfish with that. And we hold back. And we covet it to ourselves. They don't deserve it. What? You don't deserve it. I don't deserve it. We deserve hell. But God so loved the world that he gave. Share the good news. Share the gospel. And leave the results to God. It's up to us to be obedient. And leave the results to him. Let him do the work in the person's life. Once the gospel is shared, that's his job. Not your job. It's his job. Let him do, the, let him do that through the, the drawing of the Holy Spirit. So wrapping up, as I said earlier, it's our prayer that when the Lord gives you an opportunity, do you hear me? When the Lord gives you an opportunity, not if. When the Lord gives you an opportunity to share with someone what a what it mean, about what it means to be a Christ follower, what it means to be a believer, that you will be ready to take advantage of the chance to tell them the most wonderful story ever. Someone's eternity could just very well be dependent upon your obedience, my obedience. If you, if you sense a nudging from the Holy Spirit telling you, hey, tell them about my son. Tell them about Jesus. Act on it. Act on it. Whether you use the Romans Road, the ABCs of Salvation, whatever. Act on it. Be obedient to God. Here's why. For their good, for your good, most importantly, for the glory of God. That's why. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this day, God. 
I thank you for your blessings. I thank you, God, that we could look in your word today. Lord, I love your word. I love the gospel. I love the good news. Lord, help us. Help Day 3 Church. Lord, as we go about our lives each day, whether that be at work, school, wherever we find ourselves, God, in the neighborhood, wherever we find ourselves, God, that we'll be aware and be ready when given the opportunity, God, to share the greatest story ever. Lord, if there's anyone in this room, Lord, who heard me share the gospel, who heard me share the good news, Lord, and you have pressed on their heart and have helped them to understand, God, that they don't have a relationship with you. Lord, I ask that you help them to understand that now is the time, now is the day of salvation, that they make that choice, that they choose you, choose to follow you. Lord, for those of us in the room who are Christians, who are believers, who are saved, God, we ask that you press on us, God, the importance of sharing with others. Lord, impress upon us the importance of how we can be used, how we can be used by you to impact someone else's eternity. Lord, this is your response time. Lord, I ask that you use it as you desire, that you would be honored and glorified. For us in Christ's name I pray, amen. Are you in need of greater peace in your life? It is possible, and it starts with being at peace with God. Just pray something like this. Lord Jesus, I realize I need you and your forgiveness. I invite you to be the boss of my life. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I receive you as my Savior and Lord. Make me the kind of person you want me to be. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, we'd love to talk to you. We're here to pray with you, to love you, and offer support. Please contact us at day3church.com. We care about you and we want to connect with you. Until next time, this is Pastor John reminding you that God is greater than your circumstances and his mercies are new every morning. It's time to experience a new day in your life.